Welcome to the Agape Podcast. I'm Beck, a passionate, sold-out lover of Jesus who accidentally started a Christian singles ministry. And now I want to help as many people as possible to find their husband or wife while being super healthy and full of hope. So get ready for some real, raw talk about all things singleness and dating. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this incredible interview with this incredible woman. I am so excited to introduce you to Wendy Griffith. Uh, Wendy is one of the anchors of the 700 Club and also for CBN. Um, But Wendy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I know that you can say so much more than that. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, and kind of your heart for singles. Wow. Well, I was single for a long, long time, and so I definitely have a heart for singles. And uh, in fact, I wrote a book called You Are a Prize to Be Won. Don't settle for less than God's best. Come on. And I lived it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I just love encouraging singles. I've been with the 700 Club, our CBN, 20 years, was in local news 10 years before that. So I've been in news and co-hosting and uh, written a couple books. But uh, I think my passion is... um, you know, talking about people's love life. <laughs> Come on. And that is exactly what we're here to do. <laughs> Encouraging singles, talking about love. I love it. And so I'd love to hear a bit about the background about um, how you came to write this book. What was kind of going on in your life that really sparked the idea of you are a price to be one? Yeah. So I was in my mid forties and had finally met somebody I thought could be the one. And We dated for a solid year and it was sort of a whirlwind romance and it just seemed like it, you know, kept getting better. And, and I was just at the end of the year, I was fairly certain, or at least I was praying that I would get a proposal. Instead, I got just the opposite. Um, I was told, uh, you know, I, well, he broke up with me and, um, and there were, you know, the reason was, I think what was the reason I was, it didn't make much sense to me at the time, but anyway, um, I was devastated. I was heartbroken. And, uh, and I realized later that I was heartbroken because of the dream. I lost the dream of being married. I mean, I, I wanted the wedding and the honeymoon and all the parties. And I just, I wanted what all every girl wants. And when it didn't happen, I mean, it was just, so I can't explain how heartbreaking it was. Um, I felt like I'd missed my chance. I felt like it was probably, maybe it was my fault. If I'd done something different, he wouldn't have broken up with me. And as I, after a couple weeks, as I calmed down and the Lord began to speak to me, he told me, Wendy, you loved him, but you didn't love yourself. And then, then he began to just show me so many things. Uh, and he, he reminded me of all the red flags that I ignored. And then he began to just, then he said, will you, no, he didn't say, will you, he said, write about your test. So God called this a test. I called it massive heartbreak. So as I sat down to write, um, the chapters just flowed and, and you are a price to be one came to life. And it was really about, um, knowing you're loving yourself first so that you don't settle for bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Was there like a key revelation moment where you thought, 
oh my goodness, I was settling or I was putting up with this that kind of led you to go, oh, I am valuable. I deserve to not have to settle and have an amazing godly man who loves me. Was there like a key moment that you can point to where that? Yes, (laughs) there was a definite key moment after we'd been dating several months and we were out to dinner and he said, I love you, but I don't know if you're the one. And I knew he was marriage minded. I was marriage minded. I, I knew we weren't dating just to date. So that should have been a humongous red flag. And I should have said, well, you can, take your butt and your butt and get back on your car and go back to where you came from because I deserve and I love you, period. That's what I should have said. Instead, I was like a deer in headlights. And so you, on the one hand, you hear the words, I love you. On the other hand, you hear this, but, and I literally felt sick to my stomach. It was like getting kissed and slapped at the same time, you know, and you're sort of, because I didn't know my value. I didn't know I deserved more. And that's why I, encourage singles not to settle, know your worth, know your value. You know, you're a pearl of great price. And if someone puts a butt after I love you, especially, you know, if you're dating with the object of marriage in mind and there's that, but then that person does not see your value and therefore it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. That is a revelation advice. moment. And so you had that, that moment of, Oh, was that after you guys broke up or even during it, you thought, oh, I deserve better than this, but maybe I'll try and make it work. Oh, well, during, yeah, when it, when it happened, I thought, well, I'm just going to make him fall in love with me. I'm going to figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you don't know your value, you, you assume it's your fault. You assume it's something you're lacking or you have to do. But, you know, God made us, that's not God's way. <laughs> you know, God is going to give you the desire of your heart and he's going to, Bring that person into your life that sees sees your value and sees you as that prize to be won and would never even dream about putting a butt. You know, that butt is just, it's a huge red flag. And a lot of people put up with it because they don't want to be alone. And I get that. I didn't want to go back to lonely weekends. And, yeah. um, but you know, it, you everything is very, is very clear in retrospect. So it was very clear. Yeah that I, uh, what I should have done and what I did, or, you know, two different things. So I kept dating him, kept mm-hmm. dating him until he broke up with me. And that was about a year later, you said, so it was about a year and a half. Well, that was total. about, that was about six or seven months later. Later. Okay. Yeah. And so where do you, I, I love this, how you said like, oh, I thought I could change his mind. Like I could win him. And I think sometimes that happens to women where men say these kinds of things, um, or maybe they're just not interested in the beginning and they go, you know what, this is my challenge. This is my, I'm going to make myself what you want so that you want me back. And I would love yeah. to just speak to that for a minute, because obviously that's something that you live through that you spent time going, okay, I'm going to win this person. And so what was that process like for you? Like what was going on in your heart to say, okay, I'm going to, did you become someone different that he would <laughs> like more? Uh, did you go through the process of having to actually say, well, this isn't, we're actually maybe not as compatible if I have to change myself to make it him like me. What was that like for you? Uh, it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of work. I literally had a dream near the end of our relationship where I was pushing, and he was six four, uh, and a big guy. So I was pushing him up a hill, 
in a wheelchair. Like he was in the wheelchair and I was pushing him. So I was, you know, God kept showing me. I was exhausted. My hair was falling out um, because all these things were happening to me physically. I remember going to the dentist and, and I said, my teeth are loose. I was so stressed out trying to keep this relationship together. And God was showing me what was, he gave me that dream. I mean, imagine trying to push someone up a hill who's like weighs twice what you weigh. And um, I was, I was exhausted and began to feel much older than my years and just worn out. And so, you know, God stepped in mercifully and, and made, you know, brought this thing to an end. Although all I felt was, you know, loss and rejection and just heartache because, you know, you can fall in love with the wrong person. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> so in the words, in the words, of, even when it's not the best thing for us, so we can still want it. Yeah. <laughs> in the words of, Sel- what's her name? Selena Gomez. She wrote Selena Gomez. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ignored the red flags, but I write about all that in a lot of these chapters and it's kind of, and I brought a lot of humor into it. Um, so because I mean, there's, there's, there's humor even in the worst of times, you know, as you know, but it was, it was, it was, it was a hard time, but God got me through. Come on. And so it sounds like you really, from even what you said before, it was kind of this sense of, I don't, I didn't know my worth, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So, you know, sometimes you think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm confident. You know, I love the Lord. Everything's great. Um, but then after the fact you go, oh, I actually didn't really value myself enough to know that this wasn't best for me. Like I shouldn't have to work this hard to keep a man or make a relationship work or, you know, that kind of thing. And so what would, where would you say your self value was at the time when you were dating him and going through this process of trying to keep him or even make him fall in love with you? Well, I thought I knew all that because the, (laughs) you are a price to be one was a rhema word I heard from God years before the Lord told me that. And I, you know, going, when we first started dating, I was very confident. I wasn't really even into him that much. And I kept telling my friends, no, he's not the one. He's not the one. And then there was like this little bit of, then I felt him pull away from me. And all of a sudden this rejection issue, but it was like the enemy pushed a rejection button. And all of a sudden I was like, I can't, no, he can't leave, you know? And so it was more about... Yeah, not losing what I thought God had brought. Now, I really did think the Lord brought him. Um, but the Lord told me uh, when it was before he broke up with me, the Lord said, it's time to let go. And I rebuked that. I thought, no, devil, get a, you know, get away <laughs> get from me. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I had gotten so invested. You know, I was so in, invested in um I, again, I was in my late forties and I didn't want to go back to lonely weekends. And I thought I finally met somebody and he was a Christian and I'm a Christian. And so, um, yeah, but if we fast forward to today and I'm happily married and I look back on that time and I think, Lord, thank you so much that you did not let me settle, that you intervened and you saved me from myself. And you taught me such a valuable lesson that when you love yourself, 
you know, you make totally different choices. You don't settle for bad behavior. And then when that right person comes along, um, they, and they recognize they, you know, my, my husband knew, um, uh, you know, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but <laughs> we're ramping up to the, the good part of the story <laughs> we'll in a minute, but, um, yeah. yeah. So where were we? I can't remember now. Yes. So I, I, I really want to just walk through because I feel like there's so many women who are in relationships like this or may find themselves in relationships like this. And so I think even just unpacking it a little bit more before we get to the amazing victory that was on the other side, um, I'd love to ask you, do you feel like in that season, marriage or even the man himself became an idol to you? And that's why like you're saying, I was so scared to walk away. I was so scared to go back to being lonely. Was there a lack mentality and an idol in play that you just didn't notice at the time, but now looking back can kind of identify a little bit more clearly? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I'm sure, I'm sure a little bit of that had worked its way in maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe a lot to be honest. Um, Yeah, that's real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I really was, I, I really thought I was ready. Um, God told me later I was, wasn't ready. And, um, but I'm sure that I probably did make marriage and the wedding and all of that stuff. Um, you know, an idol. Yeah. But I did always, I, I mean, I always prayed. I was always, uh, trying to hear from God and he, he was speaking and sometimes I was listening and sometimes I wasn't. And, um, so, uh, love is blind. <laughs> yeah. And that's really real. I feel like we need to have real conversations like this. Like, yeah, this becomes an idol, especially for women. I think it's really easy because we, it's easy to fall into fantasy. It's easy to, um, really get so drunk on hope that it takes you out of reality. And then it becomes all about this, this wedding and this family and a very idealized version of things. And so yeah. when we go through a breakup, we're not just losing the reality of the relationship, but all the hopes and the dreams and the fantasies that we kind of built up in our mind about it as well. And that's when I feel like the Lord really exposes some of the idols. Hey, you actually just yeah. really wanted to be married. It didn't necessarily matter who it was to, um, cause you really wanted to make it work because you're moving towards something. Um, it wasn't necessarily about the person. And I feel like that's something that you've touched on really well. And so I guess my next question was how did you go through losing that, um, and losing this thing that you had hoped for. Um, and like you said, kind of became an idol in a sense of, Oh, I really want this. And I'm in my mid forties. Um, you know, I feel like I'm ready. What was the breakup process like for you and actually healing and and, and going through that deep work in your heart? I just ran to Jesus. I mean, I ran to God. I needed to be comforted. I, I needed to hear from the Lord. Um, I, I can't, I mean, I remember going hiking by myself and just, you know, crying and calling, crying out to God the whole time. And just, um, you know, he was so, I could feel his presence, you know, he really is close to the brokenhearted. And in that process, I also heard him you know, say to write the book. And so that was very healing. And it, it was so cool because I could just feel him over my shoulder, you know, when I was right would be writing a certain chapter and I knew that he was speaking and, and I knew these would be Rhema words for, for someone else who was hurting. Now at the time I remember, remember saying, God, don't ask me to thank you that I'm going through this. 
And even after my book came out, I, I wasn't ready to say, Lord, it was worth it. After mm-hmm. hundreds of emails and hundreds of Facebook messages and hundreds of you know, people that contacted me, I finally was able to say, Lord, it was worth it. Cause you, mm-hmm. you heal, you touch so many lives, you touch so many women and, uh, but it was that grueling and it was that hard. And so how I dealt with it is I just stayed close to the Lord. I journaled everything. I even went to IHOP, the international house of prayer at Kansas city for several days and never left the prayer room, never mm-hmm. left, you know, had my journal in hand, never left the presence of the Lord. I was just, uh, praising him. In fact, I think I write about that. Uh, I do write about that and shared some of my journal entries. And I mean, I, I kind of like lay it bare. I like don't hold anything back because it was, um, it, you know, it was just such an intense time, but yet it was a sweet time because the Lord was there with me every step of the way. And what I really want to say is, you know, if you're going through heartbreak or if you're waiting on the Lord for your spouse and you're tired of waiting, like I was, you know, you got to get a word from the Lord for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. don't ask a prophet, get in his presence and yeah. ask him, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me about my future spouse? Why is it taking so long? Ask him whatever you want to ask him, tell him you're tired of waiting and then, and wait and see what he, what he says. Because after the breakup and I was, I don't know how long it was, maybe six months, maybe even a year, I was out walking one day and, and I heard the Holy Spirit say two things to me during that walk. He said, you didn't miss it and it's not too late. And I mean, I hung on to those words, Mm -hmm. like a life, like a a float, like a life raft, like a life raft. (laughs) Yeah. You got that. You got, we got there in the end. (laughs) Like like a boat. Um, anyway, I hung on to those words because I knew I'd heard from Lord. And when you know, you've gotten a word like that, there's nothing that can shake your faith because you can, Mm -hmm. and of course, write them down and reread them and tell the Lord about them again and again. Cause I would go back to the Lord. Remember when you said I didn't miss it and it's not too late. Well, then it got even better. One day I was on a plane and I was been about two years since the breakup. No, maybe closer to three. And my book had already come out and I still hadn't met anybody. And I was on this plane and I was complaining to the Lord, as we sometimes do. And I said, Lord, you know, I gave that guy my one of my best years and I was younger and blah, blah, blah. And, the, and I immediately heard the Holy Spirit say, you're right, Wendy, you did, but now I'm going to give you my best. And I mean, that was worth the price of the plane ticket. And I wrote that down. And I mean, I took that to the bank. And every time I would get discouraged, I would remind the Lord what he said to me on such and such a date at such and such a place. You said, you're going to give me your best, Lord. You're not a man that you should lie, you know. And then, of course, all the scriptures, um, and the other thing that you is a must, 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 if you're, if you're in the waiting game, like I was for many years, and again, I was over 50 when I finally got married for the first time, you have to have this person, this prayer partner in your life that is going to be there to cheer you on and lift up your arms when you have a day where you're just done. Like sometimes you're, I would call her just crying. I'd be like, I can't do this anymore. You know, why is it taking so long? And she would just pray for me and say, always give me this scripture, Psalm 84, 11. 
God will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly with him. He won't, he's not, he's not a stingy God. He's not being mean. He's not withholding your spouse because he's not punishing you, you know, because the enemy will tell you all these things, but no, God is too loving. And then one time I was in my prayer loft, uh, praying and I said, Lord, you know, once again, pray, I prayed the same prayer a lot, like, Lord, where is he? And I heard when you're ready there, he will be. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. I'm like 52 years old. I'm like, you know, but I knew I'd heard the Lord. I knew, you know, his sheep know his voice. I knew that was God's voice. He was telling me I wasn't ready yet. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll be waiting over here patiently, not, or not patiently, but, um, (laughs) it's really interesting if we really tune in to the Lord and what he's saying, hang on to those rhema words. We're not going to miss it. You know, um, of course, when you, you know, when you're waiting, you're thinking, you know, will it really happen for me? And yes, it really will happen for you. If you don't grow weary in wait in the waiting, because, because God is faithful. And so that's my encouragement. So good. I love it. Was there anything else that you did that really kept you in hope during that season? Yes. I decided I was going to enjoy being single and I really developed my passion of mountain climbing. And I started, you know, on my 50th birthday, I climbed Kilimanjaro, which was a dream. Um, then when I was 52, I climbed uh, Everest Base Camp. And then uh, this, that same year, I did the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in Peru. And then um, I did the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is a beautiful hike through France, Italy, and in, uh, Switzerland. So I actually did that last one after I was um, had met Bill. But the other three, I did all single. And so I really developed, and, and I would make videos of them and put them on TV and just encourage people to get out and enjoy the outdoors. And a lot of people really were uh, blessed by my, my passion, which was mountain climbing. And then I did a lot of mountains here in Virginia too. Um, since I've gotten married, I haven't done quite as many mountainous adventures, but we're, we live on the water. So we do a lot more boating now, but um, yeah, develop. I would just say, yes, keep praying and, because you always, when you're single and that's the desire of your heart, you can't help but but pray. Because it's just, it's always this, this sort of this longing that just is always there. But you can still have a great time, you know, pursuing your own life and your passions. And it was mountain climbing that led me to my husband. Come on. It sounds like you just lived such a full life and you weren't sitting around waiting, which I love. Well, I had to make that decision because it would have been easy to just, you know, stay in a lot. And, and I did stay in a lot. And then I realized this is not working. So I have a chapter called be the prize. And it's about, you know, wear that red dress. I literally had this red dress in my closet for like eight years and I never wore it because I kept waiting for this perfect date or this perfect guy that was going to take me to this perfect restaurant. And I was going to wear the red dress and Finally, I'm like, this is, I got to wear this dress. 
So, you know, don't wait to wear your red dress. Don't wait to climb that mountain. Don't wait to take that trip. Don't wait to enroll in that class. I mean, you, you're you still a whole person single, even if you're still waiting for your significant other, um, you're significant. I mean, you have purpose as a single. Singleness is actually a gift. So is marriage. And they're different gifts, but they're for different seasons. And as a newly married person yourself, you know, you know that it's it's different. I mean, there were things that were great about Very being different. single. <laughs> yeah. And there's things that are great about being married, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Like they both definitely have their advantages and I don't want to say disadvantages, but things that are just more challenging, harder. And so I, I'm really glad I enjoyed my single season like you did as well. I traveled the world. I can honestly say I did everything that I would ever have hoped to have done by the time I was married. And so that was, yeah, like everything, everything I ever wanted to do, I did. And so now it's like, Oh, I'm not missing out on anything. Exactly. Um, Exactly what you said. It's so good. And so, can, if I can be so bold as to ask, why would you say that, you, let me put it this way, you're beautiful, successful, you're on the 700 Club, you're meeting Christians all the time, um, you know, you're anchoring for a CBN, you know, more well-known in the Christian world than most people would be, most women would be. And why, why, how did you not find, like, how did you not get married? I'm sure there's so many women going oh my goodness, like if she couldn't get married, like, you know, um, and not that you couldn't, obviously God had somebody for you, but what did you tell yourself during that time? Or what were people saying? Did they think you're, you're you intimidating know, to men? Like, listen, what was I didn't up? even, Why? <laughs> I have a beautiful ring now. I didn't even wear rings on either hand, just so that if, if he was out there, he wouldn't have to guess, is that her left hand or her right hand? You know, he would I mean, know. I really went that far. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I really believe now that there was a veil that God Mm -hmm. had had a veil over me because, you know, when you belong to him, like that, like when he told me that time when you're ready, you know, so he was saying, then I'm going to take that veil off. And in 2017, I was doing a series in February of videos of daily videos to encourage singles called 28 Days of Praying for Singles. And it's still online on on my, uh, on Facebook. But I had so much fun doing that. And um, I can't remember the point of bringing that up now. (laughs) 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 There was a reason. What was your question? Oh, 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 Uh, I remember now because you were asking me, how did I stay single? Yeah. So that year, uh, you know, I was 52. And I was like, not going to let myself get down in the dumps uh, on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day was was a hard day for me because in that last relationship, we started dating in late February and we broke up in early February. So I never got, so, and the Lord told me that's because he wasn't your Valentine. You know, the Lord never even let me be. So we dated almost a whole year, but both times, both years escaped Valentine's Day. So, um, yeah, when I, I was escaped Valentine's day, I like how you put it, (laughs) but I, so I did this 28 days of praying for singles really to encourage myself. And it ended up encouraging thousands of people on social media and got so many great letters and, or emails and things. And, um, 
but I remember that was, okay, that was February, 2017. And I met my husband in June of 2017. So I remember thinking, Lord, this is my seed. You know, I'm sowing this into my, my future as a married woman by encouraging others, including myself, that they're a prize to be won. They haven't missed it. And I talked each day about, you know, different chapters of the book or whatever the Lord. And I prayed every single day of February, didn't miss one day because I just thought, and I was so pleased because there was with the feedback, because so many people struggle during February, you know, especially February 14th. And because there's all, you know, all you see is commercials about you know, candy hearts and rings and flowers and lovers in the park. And you're just like, you know, screaming, like, when is it going to be my turn? And so the Lord on Valentine's day, the Lord gave me a prophetic word for those who were, who were tuning in. We did a Facebook live and it was that this is the year of yes. And that God was removing the veil. And there was probably more than that, but those are the two things I remember. And of course, I was single, very single. And that word was for me too, because a few months later, I get introduced to my future husband. I didn't know he was my future husband at the time, but you know, after a few months, I figured, oh, he is the one. Okay. So, you know, God has an appointed time. Our job is to be not to grow weary. God is faithful. He will do it, but get that word from him get that friend and you know, that will pray for you when those, those hard days, cause there's going to be hard days. And that's, you know, my biggest encouragement. I think, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would have done without Rhonda, my friend, because she, um, man, she would just text me just the right time and all these scriptures and it would be just what I needed. And then some days we would just pray for, you know, an hour, like until, you know, I was convinced, you know, I get, once again, I'm like, yes, God's going to do this. And, uh, and you just have to, you know, waiting is tough. Yeah. Waiting is tough, yeah. but you know, you can't grow, you can't give up. You can't give up back. Yeah. I love that because it's not minimalizing the weight, minimizing the weight. Yeah. Um, because it is actually a hard season. Like we're, you know, some people go through a longer season, some people have a shorter season, but it, it's still, can be really like painful and hard. And I love that you are such a testimony of, Oh, it's so worth it. Like it was worth the wait. Um, and telling singles that because sometimes it can feel like, Oh gosh, it's not, I don't feel like this is worth it. Like, but what's the alternative? There is no alternative. You are Lord. I, you know, but like, ah, it's this, this in between place of, okay, I'm going to choose, um, to press in. I actually posted something recently that said, Lord, I don't feel like you're enough, but I want you to be. And sometimes oh. that's a, that's the most honest prayer sometimes when you're single, yeah. you know, um, I remember thinking that, Oh, I want you, you're, you're my Lord. I love you. I'm devoted to you, but I feel like I really want this thing. And if I never get it, like just being you and me, isn't going to be enough, yeah. you know? Um, but sometimes even just stepping in and praying that prayer, but I want you to be like, I want you to be enough for me so that. I'm a full whole person that when this person comes into my life, um, you know, it's not out of a, a lack or a need, but out of the overflow and the abundance of your heart for me. And so I love that you speak about that. Um, I'd love to know, how did you go 
fighting bitterness. I think we spoke about this last week when we, when we chatted, but, um, you know, everyone, you know, people getting married around you, people having children, you know, that are your age, they have, might even have grown up children. And how do you keep your heart sweet and keep in hope without letting that, um, you know, steal from you without feeling uh, jealous or all these things that come up for people in, in different yeah. ways? How did you guard against bitterness? You know, Beck, that wasn't really something I struggled with. I, deep down, I never doubted that it would happen for me. Now, I got frustrated. Um, I got tired of the waiting. But I was always happy for those who were being blessed because I thought if God does it for them, he's going to do it for me. Uh, I remember once, I had, I had a roommate once, a long time ago, and uh, we'd only been rooming together for a few months. And, uh, I was in my thirties then. And she was like, I really hope every room, every roommate I've had for the last few months has gotten married. And, you know, I'll be so disappointed if that happens to you. Well, I got, in, I got proposed to while we were living together and I, she barely could speak to me. I mean, you know, I don't, oh, yeah, that's hard. I, that's, I, yeah. I, I don't think, of course that, uh, you know, did not, the proposal was, um, uh, was, was, it didn't work out. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't get married. Um, so I just remember, wow, I never want to be like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't, I was, I decided to be happy for everybody who was getting blessed. And then when it was my turn, woo, woo, everybody would be happy for me. <laughs> Come on. What a great way to stay in hope, but also like not let the enemy get a foothold in that area. I've heard so many people say, you know what? They have what I want, regardless of its relationships or anything else. But I chose to celebrate them and know that that was a testimony um, that will prophesy yeah. into my life of what, like, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me and he will Absolutely. do it for me. And I'm just going to choose to stay in the, in the hope of that. Um, Amen. I'd love to talk about how you went about in that as well, guarding your heart. Because the Bible talks about guarding your heart above all else. And I know sometimes it's really easy to let fantasies come in. Uh, it's easy to want to, you know, you start to meet someone, you're getting to know each other, you want to divulge everything about your life and create this emotional intimacy. How did you go about guarding your heart above all else to make sure that you weren't giving it away to people who would, I guess, like you said, it would. this would be settling. Like This isn't God's best for me. Yeah. Well, at first I didn't have to worry about guarding my heart because I really didn't like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, whatever, you know, oh, okay. You're coming over this weekend. Okay. Um, but when, when, uh, once I fell, I fell hard. Mm -hmm. I fell hard. Um, and I didn't guard my heart because I just assumed, well, you know, he, uh, he obviously has the key to my heart because it's, you know, it's opening up to him. So this must be, so I was just like, there were no protections mm -hmm. and the Bible says to do the opposite. It says, guard your heart with all diligence Yeah. or from it flows all your emotions, the spring yeah. of life, spring you know, of life. Your, of life. and, uh, yeah. I wrote a chapter called guard your heart yep. because uh, I had to learn the hard way that I needed to. And I was hoping, okay, I'm going to 
hopefully whoever, if somebody reads this book and they guard their heart, then my job is done here. So yeah, yeah you, you definitely, and, and the reason that you do that is, is so you won't get hurt. You know, God is trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your cards on the table. Don't tell the guy you love him first. You know, I'm old fashioned. I mean, let him tell you first. Mm -hmm. So, because what happened was I ended up, because he was started to pull back from me. So I thought, oh, he needs to hear how I really feel about him. So he needs that I validation. Him, I'm just going to tell him. Yeah. So I just blurted out, you know, I love you. Later, he used that against me and said, you know, you stole that from me. I was the man and I was the one who was supposed to be able to tell you first. Told, you know, trying to put, you know, just adding guilt onto how bad I already felt. I think he told me that after we broke up, you know, that, you know, he, that was supposed to be his um, right or, you know, his choice when to say it and whatever. So, um, yeah, that was so trust me, I didn't tell my, when I met my husband, I let him tell me first. He told me in a McDonald's. Oh, so romantic. <laughs> standing in line after hiking coming, and um, he, we were chatting about something and he looked, he was like, I love you. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I love you. Is that an I love you? Did if you if you ever saw that movie Something's Got to Give with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson? Jack, no, Nicholson I haven't. Jack Nicholson says the same says to Diane Keaton, "I love you." And she says, "You know, does that mean I love you or is that the same thing as an I love you?" So I had to clarify that with Bill, with my husband. <laughs> So. I love that though, because it's so real. It's just like, we're standing in line, we're doing life together. It's not this magical, fan overly, you know, commercialized, <laughs> fantasized moment, but just living life. And then he turns to you and goes, I love you. Or I love you. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, he clarified it in the car on the way home that it was an, I love you, but I still did not tell him that I waited. Wow. <laughs> wow. I decided I... to enjoy, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to savor this. I'm going to enjoy this you know, because I'm going to let him, and you know, there's nothing wrong. In fact, I think it's right. Let the man lead, you mm -hmm. know, they're born, they're the, they're the leaders in the relationship, I think. So yeah, you know, once you get on. married, you can work it all out. But <laughs> <laughs> and so how did you go? I'm like, uh, how did you go with, um, Obviously, you're a little bit more well-known. People might have had opinions. So were people coming to you going and saying, like, all the cliche things, like, oh, it will happen when you least expect? And, and um, you know, how did you deal with the opinions of others when it came to your singleness, being in your mid to late 40s at this point, and having, um, you know, did people say helpful things? Did they say things that weren't super helpful? How did you guard your heart from them and becoming um, kind of resentful or bitter I don't know if people yeah. gave you um, unsolicited uh, negative advice or anything like that, but how did you kind of navigate those waters? Yeah, I can remember getting a little annoyed by even family members who I felt like just thought it would never happen for me. And um, But 
I'm trying to think. Most people are so encouraging, especially in the Christian world. In the charismatic Christian world, people are already getting, always getting words for you. And so I remember <laughs> you know, somebody passing me a card in church once, and this was a long time ago, and it was a long time before I got married. But it basically said, you know, God is not, he's not a stingy God. You know, he's not, it was based on a scripture that wasn't the word stingy was not the, the right word, but um, he's not holding back on you. And in the, in the right moment, in the right time, you know, you're going to, you're going to be blessed. And so I would, I would hold those, those kind of words close to my heart. And uh, I never, I never lost hope. I got, mm -hmm. I got tired of waiting. I got frustrated. I screamed. I prayed. I, you know, did all those things. But I, I stayed busy. And um, so, gosh, <laughs> it was a long haul. It was a long haul. And now the fruit and the abundance that you're walking in. Let's talk about that because I want to hear the amazing part of the story where God, God is true to his word. He keeps his promises. Tell us your, your love story with Bill. How did you guys meet? How did you fall in love? Well, our love story began on the grassy slopes of the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. Um, that's really, I was, like, I was like, wow, what a random place to meet someone. <laughs> that's actually how I started a chapter that I'm, I'm writing a book now called You Didn't Miss It. Oh, come so on. I wrote, you know, you are a prize to be won. Don't settle for less than God's best. It's going to be followed up by you didn't miss it. Your weight come is on. not in vain. Um, come on. So hopefully that'll be coming soon. I don't know when, but um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, now we're getting a sneak peek to one of the chapters. So it's a good product placement. <laughs> uh, this was the summer of, gosh, this was the summer of 2017, the same summer I met Bill. Um, I'm hiking in Peru with my friend Jenna. And she's a lot younger than me. And I, but, she, uh, but I say to her, you know, when we get back and she's single, I said, can you fix me up with somebody? I'm not meeting anybody. Mm -hmm. And she's like, sure. Almost like she had someone in mind. And um, so we get back and about a week or two later, <clears throat> we had a double date down at the Hilton on at the oceanfront in Virginia beach. And she had sent me a picture and I thought, Oh, he's nice. Okay. And, um, and Jenna had sent, well, Jenna knew this guy, Will, who was friends with Bill. So it was Jenna. <laughs> Will and Bill. It was Will and Bill and me and Jenna. <laughs> and uh, th those three had all gone to Virginia Tech. I went to WVU, which I'm wearing my WV oh, shirt. Oh, I, was wondering, I thought it was a Wonder Woman thing. <laughs> <laughs> West Virginia shirt. So oh. they, they were all friends because of their Virginia Tech connection. And mm -hmm. so anyway, we all meet at the beach. And... Um, it was just a, a beautiful Sunday evening. We all had, a, he was very easy to talk to. He was, uh, you know, I remember the first thing I said to him after he opened his mouth, I said, where are you from? Cause he had this very decidedly Southern draw, but he was, he was from Virginia beach and, but he's a fisherman and he's a hunter and he's lived mm -hmm. on the water his whole life. So it's, he's, it's almost like he's in his own little, He's been well, around his own little community that's like influenced his accent. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like if you ever go down to, to Nags Head, some of the outer banks and uh, those, those communities boy, the accents are amazing down there. Um, so that was like, <laughs> I loved his, I'm from West Virginia, clearly. And I, I loved his accent, you know, 
But anyway, mm-hmm. it wasn't love at first sight. I thought, oh, this is nice to be out with somebody of the opposite sex. And, you know, we'll see. And then about a month later, the four of us met up again at this other event um, in Virginia Beach, this outdoors. It was summertime. And, um, and we had another nice time. But it was, again, it wasn't like nothing was like clicking the fireworks were going off in the background like how we expect it to be yeah (laughs) then i heard angels over here saying this is the one yeah Yeah. nothing like that at all (laughs) you know probably just the opposite i i was not the opposite but i I would just say it was like yeah this is nice Mm -hmm. well this is what he did right um he called me on a saturday morning and said hey you what are you doing and i was actually kind of feeling lazy and I was like, I'm gonna stay in bed or, you know, and he says, do you want to go blueberry picking? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we met and we went blueberry picking and that's the, that was the date. It was like our third time. It was our first time just being the two of us. And I'm like, something clicked that day, you know, like that touch on the shoulder or something. I'm like, you so, <laughs> put the same blueberry and you're like, oh no. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> oh, it was it was funny because it was the end of blueberry season and there weren't many blueberries left on the bushes, but there were just enough that we could get a and you know we still have a bag of frozen blueberries in the freezer from that that time. No. I said I said, honey, we can never eat these. You know that. They're just <laughs> always gonna now, be I don't know if they'd still be good. <laughs> we just they're exactly. I mean, they just have to stay in the freezer forever because we can oh. never eat them. That is the cutest. <laughs> so um, from there, you know, we we just we dated pretty much. That's when that's when we really started dating. Was like um, after that date, and then saw each other on a, a more regular basis, like every week. You know, but we lived in the same town, so it was much easier than my previous relationship was. He was out of town, so this was much easier, even though we were 30 minutes away because he lived at the beach and I lived oh. inland. Um, so he yeah, always yeah, yeah. The me that I lived in the western part of the state because yeah. he lived right on the ocean, you know. So, yeah, or, well, Virginia, but yeah, he kidded me, but um, but we had a wonderful summer. Oh, and, um, <laughs> oh that's right. I forgot about know, that part. Okay, so tell summer, us through I that. What was, what was going on there? <laughs> I, I hate, hate, no, I hate <laughs> talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I that's still fine. hate that's talking a, about yeah, this. That's fine. Yeah, that's just this, this, this page open, you can still hang up or reload. Okay, just, okay. Yeah, so we broke up because I freaked out. I was, I realized I was falling in love with him and I, I, I wanted to make, I didn't know for sure if it was the Lord, because we were different, a little bit different spiritually. I mean, I worked at 700 club and he was a banker. Expressing his um, faith in the same way as you do. You know, he wasn't necessarily uh, a church in the same way, but he, but he did love God and we prayed together and and we went to church together. So after three days of being apart, the Lord spoke to me, um, in a really interesting way. And, um, that I knew that I knew that I'd made a mistake. And so we had, uh, you know, he went to Virginia tech. I went to WVU and there was a big football game happening on labor day, uh, 
And I thought, and, and his team won. So Virginia Tech won. So I texted him. This is like three days later. And uh, I said, congratulations. And he writes back, uh, I think we had a bet on this, right? And I'm like, I didn't really remember, but I'm like, sure, you name it. And he's like, take me hiking. I'm like, okay. And then we like, never <laughs> he's looked like, back. I mean, we literally up. were only broken up for three days. And he acted like it never happened. We'll just forget that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was so cool about it. And he said, I asked him, I said, what would you have done if I didn't reach out with that text? And he said, oh, I was going to get in touch with you again. You know, I was just, <laughs> I was just giving you a couple of days to, you know, realize, you know, realize you made a mistake. But, um, so, you know, uh, after that, we never looked back and, um, and then we got married. Um, well, we got engaged, um, in September yeah. of 2018 at the top of old rag mountain, my favorite mountain in Virginia. And then we got married two in February and months. And of 2019. How so we've been married now two years and 54. Come okay. on. Mm -hmm. 54. And he had been married previously. You said two. And, and yeah. Bill was 58. Mm -hmm. And, uh, right. But, but no children. And, oh. and we had two dogs, <laughs> but they have. Wow. What an incredible heaven. story. So, sorry, um, keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Are you, you going to split it up with me? Yeah. So. Huh? Oh, yeah. So, but it was, it was the wedding. I mean, I, ha it's so funny because, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a great wedding, but my friend Rhonda, you know, who prayed for me and she was there, her husband actually mm -hmm. did um, the, uh, what do you call it? He, he was our preacher. Yeah. And, yeah. And she said, other than her wedding, it was. The, the best, the most fun she's ever had at a wedding. And all, I mean, all I remember from the wedding, I'm the oldest of five kids and they're all married. And um, everybody just had such big smiles on their face. You know, it was like, there was so much joy at the, at my wedding. And I think people were so genuinely happy, but there was an anointing of joy, you know, like, because the Lord was there and, and people felt it. So Wow. It, it was a very special wedding. And when then we had a special no, wedding. Australia. In Africa. <laughs> Not Africa. <laughs> and you're from No, 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 no. The other country that starts with A. Right. You're from, like, well, yeah, you're from like, Are you from South Africa? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um that is so funny. I'm from Australia. Uh wow, that is such an incredible testimony. And so you're from Australia. getting married at fifty four, living just in the promise that the Lord had for you. Um and it's it's kind of incredible because you couldn't have met him any earlier because he was, you know, going through his process, going through a divorce, um, unfortunately, you know, and just, um, I love how it kind yeah. of came full circle. I feel like the last thing I'd love to ask about, cause I know people will be thinking this and, um, you know, people who are a little bit later in life or maybe getting married for the first time, women, especially thinking, Oh, what, how do you feel about kids now? Uh, having, you know, being 54 when yeah. you got married, What's your stance on like having children? Uh, where are you at with that? I like kids. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I was never like super maternal, like, oh, I want to, um, 
you know, I have to have six kids or I, I really need to do this. But I was always open. I always wanted God's will, you know. So I figured if God, uh, you know, if God still wants me to have a baby, then I, you know, I'll be Sarah, <laughs> you know. I'm not 90 yet. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I still have time. Um, I think my husband would be a little yeah. mortified. He's eyeing retirement and thinking about all the hunting and fishing trips that, you know, he can go on. But, uh, you know, it's it was never the deep desire. I mean, some women from the age of 12, they just can't wait to be mothers. That was, I couldn't wait to be a broadcaster. I couldn't wait to be that news anchor and reporter and travel the world and, and all that. And God blessed me to do that. And I've done that now for over 30 years. Um, and then, then he lets me get married. And, um, you know, I always tell the Lord, I don't want to just be married for the sake of being married. I want to be in love. I want to be in love with my husband. And God gave me that desire. And I, I always made that very clear. Lord, I, you know, I've got a great job. I don't need to get married for income, to, for security. Uh, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Because when you, and, because when you do get married, and you like double your income. I mean, it's, it's great because you do, that is a, that is a blessing and it is a bonus and it's, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I, my heart's desire is that I want to be in love. So don't settle. Do not settle. If you never get married just because mm-hmm. it's the right time or he looks good on paper or, you know, the Lord told me one time, don't compromise, don't compromise because you You'll never be happy. It's it's better to be alone and single and waiting mm-hmm. and, and wishing you were single and, and living your life. Yeah, that uh, would be terrible to be with the wrong person. And I know. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. My husband was going through his own dark night of the soul after his divorce, and he and he was developing his his relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. and praying a lot. And by the time he met me, he was ready to meet someone Come different. On. You know, I have one and, last um, question, and I am and I was so excited to, to hear the answer for this. Was it worth the wait? You're 54. You met him. Give us some hope. Was it worth waiting those 54 years <laughs> until you became his bride? Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth the mm-hmm. wait. And I mean, just think. I mean, I met him at, when I was 52, almost 53, but everything I did, you know, when I turned 50, you know, things I did from 50 to 52, I crammed a lot just in those two years. And, um, you know, the Lord was, was, was at work and I was having a great time in in my early fifties up until the time I met Bill. And when I met Bill, I was, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of times things will, it'll feel anticlimactic, you know, like, you, know, you want something to happen so badly and then it doesn't happen at that timing. And then when it does happen, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, okay. Because God always wants to be first, you know? And if we, like you said, if you make something an idol and if you make marriage an idol, if you make um, your job an idol, whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. God's not going to be pleased with that because he wants us to put him first, seek first the kingdom and all these other things. So he will give us those things. But, uh, mm-hmm. I think I probably had to go through that process of just laying it down laying it down and laying it down. And, um, mm-hmm. but now, you know, two years in, I can say I, I'm more in love with my husband now than I was when we got married. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just crazy about him. It is just like, 
So I just thank God every day. I just feel so blessed uh, because mm-hmm. I'm, I keep learning new things about him, you know, because we only dated a year and a half before Come on. we got married. Come on. And, uh, and we did wait. We waited <laughs> um, till our wedding night, even though we were older, you know, and, um, that is hard for people thing. too. You're like, especially um, if they've been married before so and it's, it's like, possible. Ooh, my body's been it's alive to this. Too. And now I am learning to manage my sexual <laughs> urges again until I'm married. Um, you know, whether it's somebody who's passed away, um, the partner passed away or is divorced or has, um, I think we yeah. have a similar testimony, you know, haven't always been a Christian, become a Christian, radically changed. Um, like yeah. a born again virgin, I think you said for like 30 years when we spoke last. Um, 25. Okay. <laughs> 25. 25. Don't make it longer than it was. But you know, um, but you know, my husband was so sweet about it. He was like, I would never take that away from you. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. but not that I wasn't was a virgin. I was a born again virgin. Come on. You know? And so, it was worth it. It was worth it on the wedding day, the wedding night. And yeah, I just love that. Uh, every, every moment after I love that the Lord has absolutely kind of redeemed those times for you where you were waiting and said like, Hey, this is what I had. And I think you would probably agree that if you hadn't yes. known what God had for you, Oh, it would, you would never have doubted his faithfulness or even thought, Oh, you know, is he going to come through? You know, what are you doing? Lord? You know, but actually seeing what he had for you. I just love that. I, I think this is going to bring yeah. so much encouragement to so many people. And I love the joy that you have. I, I love that he didn't allow it um, to make you bitter, to, uh, you know, walk, kind of get um, angry at God, you know, for seasons. You know, some people have, you know, fall into some really tough times because they're not getting what their heart desires. And I just love that you kept your yeah. heart sweet. You uh, didn't let bitterness come and take a root and you really you were just living your best life and then you're able to meet someone and you are healthy and full and full of life and full of joy and able to bring your full self to them. And and you didn't just wait around. You actually, and you didn't settle. You waited for God's best for you and met your perfect match. And Amen. so I am just so thankful, um, Wendy, for, for you, for coming in, for your story, for your testimony and just the amazing impact it's having in the world. And so just want to thank you for sharing. Like that was, that was really incredible. And I know it's going to help so many people. So. Thank you so much. Well, you're so welcome. It was a pleasure. And I really appreciate how you are ministering to singles because they need it. And I needed it when I was single. And well, uh, yes, I have it on my know, wall. Let's keep, 100,000. Let's, let's couples, keep seeing those kingdom marriages. Um, you know, through <laughs> my ministry. That is like, that's our first goal. I'm like, that's my first one. God gave it to me. I'm like, let's see 100,000 kingdom marriages come together. How much would that change the world? You know. Oh my goodness, that is wow! A big I God. like that. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Wendy. A big God, and I wow. say yes and amen. Let's do this. Go. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye.